Welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. We're going to do that right now. Well, not right now. We're going to have a few minutes where we have some back and forth banter and we show a little bit of our characters and then we'll get into the shebang. Back and forth banter, guys. Oh, sorry. Uh, we're, we're meant to be establishing our characters like it's a right. pilot episode yeah. of something, even though we're like yeah, episode exactly. 21 now. Listen, I'm at the bar. I'm having a little drink by myself because I'm the moody one. I've got my tiny, tiny, just so small glass of whiskey. and I'm <laughs> This is ridiculous. See? Establishing character. Jade's sitting next to me and she's laughing, not at the size of my tiny, tiny glass of whiskey, but at how little I can take in terms of alcohol. That's the one. Meanwhile, she's got an entire bottle of vodka and she's sucking on it like a baby's bottle. Glug, glug, glug. And in comes Josh and he... Dot, dot, dot. I know you, you've thrown me off because currently whilst recording this, I'm actually holding a glass of whiskey, which is quite small. <laughs> oh, no. See, Josh in the bar is actually a fake Josh. He's a robot being controlled by the real Josh at home whilst he's actually drinking comfortably in his own room. It's meta, all right? That's the character Josh is. He's the meta guy. And I'm totally comfortable with the size of my whiskey glass. <laughs> so you should be. <laughs> Howdy, listeners. We're going to make us a superhero. But of course, we need some inspira- uh, inspiration. We need oh, to. Oh, he's drunk some already. Gosh. I've never read a comic once. Got, got a minor whiff, did we? <laughs> <laughs> but I have been reading one comic in particular. Just the one. Just the one. But it's been good. I should have read this a few months ago when Death Note was hot on the SEO searches when that was the big Google thing because I've been reading by something by Sugumi Oba and Takeshi Obata, the creators of Death Note. It's another one of their Shonen Jump series called Ooh. Bakuman. Oh. I know you guys are big fans. To give you the hot take, it's all about Mishiro, whose uncle was a mangaka who died from overworking and he himself has become an artist. His friend Takagi is a writer who thinks but the two of them can conquer Shonen Jump and the manga scene. But Mashiro has got a little crush on uh, Azuki, a girl in his class. She wants to be a voice actress, but they make the, uh, the promise that when she stars in an adaptation of their manga in anime form, she will marry Mashiro. And it, it portrays their journey into the world of Shonen Jump manga, which is actually pretty accurately portrayed in... Mm. Um, the sort of hard facts aspect, and of course, there's a little bit of shonen fire, a little bit of rivalry, a little bit of hot bloodiness in manga creation form. It sounds ridiculous, but I guarantee you, it's a fantastic read, especially if you're into the whole uh, jump scene, the whole shonen manga style. It just gives you that sort of insight, and of course, being um, Oba and Obata, you know, there's going to be the the very interesting twists and turns, and some very clever writing. In there as well. It's a, an amazing read. You should check it out. It's done and dusted now. It's about a hundred odd chapters. So it's not one of those crazy, like, ridiculous One Piece-esque mangas that go, goes on forever. It has a definitive end, and I urge you to reach it. It is also definitively sexist in places. I just thought I'd add that yeah. suffix to it, because yeah, I love it, but yeah, it's very sexist. It's a little sexist. When it, when so it wants it. to be good on, like, the jump creation side, like, the whole, like, generation of content for them, like the whole manga battles they have with other creators. That bit is superb, but as soon as they try and step into 
I feel this is bad for recommendation. But as soon as they step into like yeah. uh, certain kinds of drama or like certain takes on particularly the female characters, as we've said, they do lose their footing. Yeah. So quite a bit. Mm. But do stay for great ideas and uh Josh Nizuma Now edgy. now you've brought that up, you're gonna have to pick up the recommendations again. Let's okay. rise it up. What you've been reading? I've been reading it's a five issue mini series published by Black Mask Studios, who Ooh. do a lot of kind of nice minis. I first picked up one of their bits uh, called We Can Never Go Home. Mm-hmm. The one I'm reading at the moment is actually it's by the same writer, Matthew Rosenberg, with artist uh, Tyler Boss and letterer Thomas Mauer. Mm-hmm. I'm never good with uh, pronunciation. But it is a crime comedy called uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Oh, interesting. Yep, it's all about um, these four kids, Dodoy. Mm-hmm. One of them, the only girl of the group, Paige, it turns out her dad has kind of a shady crime-based past. Yeah. And in order to save her dad from getting involved in this a potential bank heist, her and her friends decide to rob the bank themselves. Okay. It's a really funny series. It's got a lot of, like, childish whimsy. Uh, each issue kind of starts off with them either playing, like, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, playing, like, odd job toys. You know when you're, like, a kid? That great thing of, like, oh, my reboot action yeah. figure is talking to, I don't know, this old toy that my sister once had and I've kind of inherited, and they're going to talk together and go on an adventure. Ah, uh, the best, uh, that kind the of best play times. Yes, there's a lot of really nice kind of child kind of insights, kind of nostalgia, almost. Mm. Whilst also being really funny, and it does really nice stuff with the medium as well. Okay. There's a lot of nice splash pages uh, showing cross-sections of buildings, uh, like plans for the banks, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just does really nice, really cool stuff with the medium, really. Nice. Excellent. Beautiful. I love a comic that does well in the comic form. Mm. Which sounds weird to say out loud, but you know uh-huh. what I mean. Jade. Jade. Mm. Yes. Hit me. Well, I found it really hilarious that you picked Bakuman this week because I picked... A very similar series, actually. Oh. It's also about making manga. It's called mm. Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Oh, it's by... boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Itsumi Tsubaki. Now, this one is a lot less serious than Bakuman. It's mm-hmm. about a girl, a schoolgirl, who confesses her crush and gets completely misunderstood. And it's all hilarious because... Her crush thinks that she wants an autograph from him because it turns out he's secretly a manga artist and he's been roping all of his classmates, usually unwillingly or by accident, into being his assistants for various things like backgrounds and filling in like black ink and doing screen tone, things like that, um, Mm. because he's actually only very good at drawing characters. So essentially his manga could be said to be like a creation of all of his class, but he takes you know the main credit for it so she gets roped into it as well because Mm. she's like in the fine art club okay so she you know she's great at sort of anatomy and things like that. and and what do you find good about this manga jade well uh it's fucking hilarious um (laughs) it's just as an artist it's one of the funniest stories about making art that i've read Uh, as i said a lot of the classmates aren't very actually knowledgeable about making manga so they ask a lot of kind of novice questions and then you get a lot of kind of witty back and forth about like uh, techniques and things like that. One of the funniest bits of this comic is when they all discuss actually how to do perspective 
and the main guy who's in charge just keeps drawing characters on boxes or carrying <laughs> around boxes to justify differences in height in different scenes. Uh, again, admission time. I, too, have read a little bit of Nozaki-kun, and it is good, good shit right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good comics creation shit. So we get, like, an artsy theme, artsy vibe here, sort of. you got your role-playing kids. You've got your comics creation, both girls and boys comics, which might serve us with this prompt that I found for us. But first, if you want to be part of the prompt as well, all you need to do is leave us an iTunes review, and the name that you leave on that review, we will use in the creation of a superhero, whether we use the name itself or we put it into one of our generators. You too can be a hero. Now, Jade, mm -hmm. Josh, mm -hmm. what is... One characteristic that all of our heroes share. Well, a lot of them seem to have mind-bending powers. <laughs> S simpler than that. Okay. Simpler than that. They all fight crime. Oh, yeah. And this no. prompt... Enamel? I guess he is crime. <laughs> well, all of the, well when you all say heroes. all of our... Yeah, all of our good heroes, not the villains. Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Saying heroes. But then I could argue that Bleached Ruby technically wasn't fighting crime. Mm. All right, without getting deep into the BBRP <laughs> lore. You asked. I did. Well, I'm unasking. They all fight crime, which is a very common TV pitch idea. So this prompt is theyfightcrime.org. <laughs> okay. It's the simplest thing. Um, often what you might find in a television uh, pitch especially back in sort of the 80s and 90s it'll just be he is a hard drunk who loves whiskey and smoking cigars she is a ex-supermodel who has uh, no hands they fight crime you know it's sort of that suffix to every good tv series even the a-team you know they're all ex-mercenaries who um band together and create weird shit in garages in the last 10 minutes of an episode. They fight crime. Okay, even I see your point. Even Knight Rider, a man from the present, a car from the future, they fight crime. Okay, okay, we get it. So what is this generator then? It basically gives you a duo and their characteristics. So, for example, the first thing I generated on this damn site was he is a one-legged Catholic filmmaker moving from town to town, helping folk in trouble. She is an elegant snooty nun who don't take shit from nobody. <laughs> they fight crime. Okay. How's that for some superhero prompts? Well, I think we're kind of out of a job. This generator is just taking our job. All, all we're going to be doing is just thinking of a name and then just wrapping it up. This is backwards. My thinking was, with the last uh, episode, uh, or the last few episodes, actually, especially with uh, our stealth trio our mm -hmm. infiltration trio we kind of barely touched on their characters you know we gave them three words and that was it so this is our episode where we can really dig into the characters of this duo okay would you like to know who our crime fighters are mm. shoot oh jesus Christ. so <clears throat> he is a sword whirling amnesiac barbarian on a search for his missing sister she is a hard-bitten junkie former first lady living on borrowed time. They fight crime. I'm in. Of, well, of course you're in. <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way in. Fucking 
hard-bitten junkie former first lady, the crime-fighting superhero opportunities are... What does hard-bitten right. mean? Yeah, this sort of, um, you know, the hard-bitten. Okay, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always thought of, like, hard-bitten... I was thinking of, like, a hard-bitten detective. Yeah. So, like, they've been through, like, it all. That kind of thing. So, like, they're kind okay. of tough and cynical, maybe. All right. And you have your sword-wielding amnesiac barbarian on a search for his missing sister. That is just chock full of opportunity in itself. All right, so let me let me uh, flick the ball and get this rolling. Who are these people? One is an amnesiac barbarian who is on a search <laughs> for his sister. And the other, <laughs> no. Um, why why is she a former first lady? Is it because her time naturally ran out, or because she had to leave the post? Well, she's a, a junkie, apparently, living on borrowed time. Oh, uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to like blow it this quickly. But could the first lady and the barbarian be the brother and sister? Oh well. And, and, and this amnesiac barbarian didn't used to be a barbarian. They used to be the president. Oh well, okay, cool. And now they're a barbarian. But they're amnesiac or amnesiatic, so they don't fucking know. Wait, can a oh, sister no, no, be a first yeah, lady? Yeah, wait, no, I was. Oh, we've gone into some odd territory there. Angus, <laughs> um, well, re- reverse back. <laughs> no, there's no reversing, only forwards. Into ever more darkness, apparently. Okay, well, this is a creative process. We try and we fail. And when we fail, we fail spectacularly and very much embarrassingly. See, the amnesiac barbarian. I like this idea. Of course I do. I never say I don't like an idea on this show. But these two sound like vagrants. They sound like wanderers. You know, a junkie going from from hit to hit, especially if they're hard bitten and they know the mean streets. They're gonna want to go. They're gonna okay. want to travel. Could it be that maybe the barbarian was led to the president in, See, a search, that's one in the thing, search then. for their sister, and in doing so, they gained the first lady as their partner? Oh, what if no? Right? What if the first lady is like a prisoner? come ally imagine if the president took the barbarian's sister and he's fighting his way to the tippity top to get to the president and when he does he confronts the president this is first chapter stuff by the way somehow it only gets better from here he confronts the president and says mr president uh, in his very eloquent ways apparently mr president i believe you have my sister captured your secret service has captured her. I wish for her back, please. And then the president pulls some bullshit stuff because that's what presidents do nowadays. And he kills this man, shoots him in the head, shoots the barbarian square in the temple. But in doing so, maybe uh, he drags the the first lady down with her. Maybe they get linked somehow. Maybe there's some sort of barbarian magic going on. What do you guys think? Barbarian magic, huh? Barbarian magic. Barbarians can have magic. You don't gotta judge. Okay, we feel a bit stuck here, so why don't we do what you actually said right at the beginning, which is not discuss their powers or what they do, but who they are. Who is this swordsman? Uh, Barbarian. Yeah, who is this sword-wielding barbarian? With magic Uh, powers, apparently. He's Bob Arian. He's, He's Robert Arian. Uh, well, no, we're not using that last name. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe erase that whole section. He is... Um, see. Well, no, he doesn't have to have a name. He doesn't remember. 
Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't remember. Right, okay. Well, all he remembers is that he has a quest to go find his sister. So do you think he's... Was it a specific word in the description that he's eloquent, or did I miss that? No, no that I think, was just I me think we just made done. Because I, I think that's being... actually kind of funny, like, if he's a barbarian and he's just, like, running around with a sword, but when he actually introduces himself to people, he's just like, oh, I do beg your pardon. See, this duo, amnesiatic barbarian and hard-bitten, junky former first lady living on borrowed time, speaks post-apocalypse to me. I was thinking that, yeah. Mm. Very kind of Travel Express universe. Meanwhile, on the southern hemisphere of the Travel Express world... Yes, we've got a barbarian and a first lady junkie. Maybe the first lady has, has to be in hiding because everyone's blaming her for what the president is doing. Yes, bingo. She has guilt for something that she didn't do. It was the president's fault, but she feels that she could have stopped him somehow. And so she turned to drugs. Hey, there you go. The only way she can numb her her guilt is to turn to the hard stuff. And of course, being in a post-apocalypse, pretty much everyone's either dealing drugs or doing drugs. I think in this universe, perhaps there's a specific drug that's known for helping you to forget things. And so this duo is very much not a friendly one. Perhaps they're working together by necessity for some reason. Mm. And she's jealous because he's forgotten everything and he's jealous because she remembers everything. Hey, okay, cool. We got some conflict in the group. Oh, I think, however, I want to say there's potential that she's going to be losing her memory. The First Lady knows where the Barbarian's sister is. She's living on borrowed time. She's living on borrowed time because she's, she's eventually going to be losing her memory. Maybe. Yes. What do you think? Possibly. I mean, would that be an issue? Because that's what she wants. Yeah, but the barbarian doesn't. Oh, right. So she's trying to lose her memory, but he's trying to get her to keep it so that he can find his sister. Or, or maybe like it's more of a side effect. Like she hasn't used it in quite a while. She's gone cold turkey. But because of her extended use, she's now starting to forget things. So now yes. it's kind of like a race against time kind of scenario. Okay, yeah. Yes. That's what I was going to suggest. Sort of, um, they've both taken this drug which we are going to call, um, we're going to call it Amno, kind of like amnesia. No, we're going to call it Bluebell, because that's almost like forget-me-nots. Mm. I was going to call it forget-me-nots, so we're on the same page there. Oh, that doesn't sound like gritty enough, though. Put some grit in it. What? No, Bluebell is be. great. I, I kind of like Bluebell. Let's okay. call it Bluebell. Okay. But could it be that obviously the First Lady's been taking this willingly because of what the President's been doing? Meanwhile, the amnesiac barbarian was force-fed it? Yes. Oh, that's better than being shot in the head. Yeah. I imagine this kind of situation that, like you said, Josh, the uh, First Lady has been taking it over like maybe a decade or something constantly. But the barbarian had like a massive shot quite recently. And so his memory got sort of like almost formatted. I don't want to say it's recently, only because this has been playing on my mind now. Remember what this generator is called? They fight crime. Fight crime. crime. Oh. Whilst, whilst what we've got is very much like a journey kind of thing, mm. I kind of want to start off with the amnesiac barbarian, almost like an, a post-apocalyptic superhero. He's the wanderer. Doing good, saving the day, fighting crime. Yes, And then maybe absolutely. as they go on their journey, they come across like settlements and they still kind of 
fight crime. What's of her course. power then? Because he's he's got very obvious sort of defending people powers. What does the first lady do to fight crime? Uh, so she's a hard-bitten junkie former first lady living on borrowed time. Does that spark anything? Is she like she- a negotiator or something? Is she like the distraction while he rescues well, people? In, in the way that they've always got like good cop, bad cop, there's always got to be brains and there's always got to be brawn. Yeah. I don't know how much brains is going to help in a sort of Fistle and North Star-esque uh, barren wasteland. Well, she's hard bitten, so I feel like she's going to be the bad cop and she's going to be this really yeah. threatening presence. And actually, he's not that threatening, except for the fact that he's a barbarian with a Ooh, sword. That's such a great kind of thing where we've got this really eloquent barbarian and a really hard bitten first lady, where first ladies are obviously meant to be always seen as like prim and proper. Mm. Or like they're never meant to be the tough, hard bitten, basically. Mm. Aren't um, all uh, White House staff given military trainings, though? So she's going to have some knowledge of firearms and how to properly use them yeah, and yeah. clean them and maintain them in this wasteland. So we could have like a gun, sword, vice versa thing going on as well. And I feel like, that, no, no, I'd rather she does like some CQC or something. Oh, oh yeah. Well, again, military training would yeah, play yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah, I just feel like gun is a very quick and <laughs> shitty answer. <laughs> of course. More small arms, you know, self-defense stuff. Yeah. I also think she could have this kind of conflict where, I mean, she's a junkie. So if they're dealing with like ruffians and trying to save people from, say, like a kidnapping situation or... Hmm people trafficking, things like that. Uh, she'd be threatening and or a distraction, but she might also get distracted, like, during the threatening. She may be like, oh, yes. also, where's your stash? Yeah. And so this could lead to some problems with saving people. They might accidentally lose a couple of lives, etc. The barbarian is the straight arrow in this yeah. duo. Like, he has a single motivation, and that is to find his sister. So he's lost his memory, but... He just sort of has this one thought that he needs to find his sister despite not knowing her name or what she looks like. Yeah, I want to say that the thought of the sister, maybe they just have this one memory that is so strong that they just can't get rid of it. Yeah, like a childhood memory or something. Yeah. That would explain away why they can't recognize her and stuff like that. Maybe, like, to delve into the barbarian's past a little bit, maybe that was the one thing they was focused on as they were getting this drug forced into them like they just held on to the fort of their family oh that's good yeah and of course the only family he has left in this wasteland is the sister so he's just like eyes tightly shut uh grimacing as it's this things flowing into his bloodstream and all he's thinking about is her i'm coming to get you what if the president is the sister oh dang Mm -hmm. this okay so i guess the first lady oh God, Jay, this is this could be good. What you know what would be great? What if this was the twist of it all? Like, I mean, that was what I suggested. No, but I mean, like, we would present it as such in the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would make for a really good when you do eventually find out about the memory erasure scene, like him mm. being forced to have the drugs. You can just picture him like staring up into the evil eyes of his sister and just forcing himself to remember when she was good. Yeah. Oh, that's. That's why he wouldn't forget the sister, because that'd be the last thing he sees as well. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Jade, you've you've done twisted us. Yeah. It's it's not so much like the princess is in in another castle, it's that the princess is the castle. (laughs) 
And the princess is Bowser. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm bored of calling her the first lady. Can we have a name? Oh. Well, I I wanted to call their hero name as the first lady. Yes, nice. Although no, because she's in hiding from being the first lady. Are they still in hiding though? Yes. I, yeah, because I they're, they're on the run. Okay. Yeah, the president would be like trying to find them if they start becoming sure. a threat. I don't think they need names. First lady and barbarian. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think they need to be referred to by their names at all. We could come up with a name that the people oh. have been calling them. Maybe like she be- she could be like number one or something. You know, like first lady. Mm. It's a little generic there, isn't it? No, no. Picture these two coming to your town in the wasteland. And... All I can all I can fucking imagine is like Guts from uh, Berserk and Hillary Clinton sort of walking towards me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm getting in this image. I don't. I- Okay, can we it, name give, these people? Give it time, give it time. That's what a okay. podcast is for. You can edit yeah. out the awkward pauses. Yeah, be thankful, listeners. So the barbarian, I don't think they started life as a barbarian. They became a barbarian. So perhaps they had a normal name, but they shrugged it off. Well, if they... What about... Oh, wait, what are we still about? on names? Or Shit, shit, s- name. I've got a really, really good name, though. Oh, okay. Sharp and Blunt. Sharp yeah. for the swordsman. Ooh. And blunt because she's a junkie. Yeah. <laughs> but she's also really blunt with her threats. Oh, yeah, that that, that too. But, the, I mean, the junkie but, thing as well. Hey. I like blunt. Sharp. Well, sharp is the Sharp's kind of works because that's also blunt. And sharp also works as a needle thing. Oh, but can he, can he be sharp with an E in, like, um... Well, like, Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> He's... Okay, I'm down with sharp and blunt. Yeah, go he... on then. Good job, Jade. I've I've fucking given you the twist and I've given you the names. Give me some good shit. Okay. I don't want to say that, going back to them not being a barbarian, could it be in a similar way? Because obviously, if you think about it, the president, they're not going to have a barbarian for a brother. So sharp never started out that way. No, Maybe like they could have almost been like their advisor. I can imagine them still quite bulky maybe. Wouldn't they just oh, be oh, vice president? Oh. Yeah, that works. No, no, no. He'd be like a secret service agent. Maybe like one of the, the top ranking agents. Oh, but, okay, um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if I want them to be like... Um, or like probably really... military trained. Yeah, I don't want them to be physical when they start. I, what I have this idea of is the first time that we're going to see Sharp, they're going to be massive, bulky kind of barbarian kind of look. But maybe yeah. like with... I'm thinking for some reason I've got like a white beard in mind. But I'm thinking... But I'm not sure if I've just got a head lopper. <laughs> yeah, maybe. My... You want the full post-apocalyptic experience for Sharp. Yeah, but what I want to happen when they go back to the past and kind of do a flashback at some point is Sharp looks exactly the same, but only in the face. So they're more like Sharp in terms of body type. They're more like thin and wiry. Okay. Oh, did being then... force-fed all those drugs have an effect on their body then? No, I was just going to... One, one after after whatever happens to them, they just adapt in some way. Mm. Okay, I kind of like it, that. It'd just be a one-off, almost like a funny gag of just seeing their face. It's like, oh, hey, it's sharp. Zoom out, and they're just really like wiring thin right in the Oval Office. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get you. Get you. He could be more like a um, like a, a lean, like lower weight division boxer. You know, still very muscly, very muscular, yeah. but smaller. Yeah. I'm I'm not too bothered about that. He could even be like shorter than um, Blunt. Blunt could be like this very tall, imposing woman. Now that we've got 
a vice president, a president, and a first lady, I feel as though we've got potential for why all of this is happening. Yeah, I was going to say, we need the reason for why the first lady fucked off and... Well, I- I'm going to go with is a... The president is suggesting something. Hmm. It's almost like... It is pretty much unspeakable. Mm-hmm. But obviously we'll speak about it towards the end game. Um, and Sharp is just totally against it. And like, hmm. you know, they really do like fight against it in all kind of way. And in order for the president at this point, she's she's quite crazy and unhinged now. So she decides to just remove him in the way that she knows best with uh, bluebells. Yeah. And, and it's with this knowledge that the first lady needs like a crutch to kind of deal with what's happening. Hmm. Of if course. You get it, me? Yes, it gets very stressful at the top. Yeah, so they start taking Bluebell to forget. Maybe And then the... maybe one day during like some sort of like post apocalyptic motorcade um, <laughs> they come across or at least the first lady comes across Sharp. Hmm. Or maybe like the motorcade gets attacked and Sharp saves them because obviously they're fighting crime um maybe here's something that will speak to the both of you and me and everyone living in the year 2017 what if this post-apocalypse is the the line is blurred between post-apocalypse and apocalypse it's more of a sort of mega city one situation as in normal life is happening um, dystopia yes more dystopian than post-apocalyptic you still have those wrecked lands and Mm. Barren, barren wastes or whatever, but of course it's only slowly encroaching on the president's uh, sovereign territory. I'm kind of imagining like, was it the? I don't remember seeing much of because um, I've, I've never really read much like dread stuff. Hmm. But I always seem to remember with this Sylvester Stallone film that once you get past the walls, it is pretty. It's dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that, but without the wall. Hmm. And so. Of course, the president is causing all of this. Maybe it's corporate greed. Maybe it's just um, maybe the president feels that's the only way that their country can survive X, Y, Z thing. Maybe it's war that's causing it. But the earth is dying. President is involved. President Sharp, I guess. No, the president is involved and Sharp is vehemently against the uh, what, what they're doing to cause this. And Blunt, she can't really do much about it apart from talk to a unlistening president and so she sort of backs off she becomes sort of hardened maybe depressed anxious about the future and turns to bluebell to ease the pain and forget the harsh things that her loved one has said to her and that is doing what makes these two finally a have to leave and b be forced to leave like that that's my question the Hmm. well i don't think I don't think they leave at the same time. Oh, okay. No. I think Sharp goes first, and then I want to go back to the post-apocalyptic motorcade. Well, dystopian motorcade, sorry. <laughs> now, um... Go on, then. And whilst it's attacked, because obviously whatever the president's doing is getting back to the populace, and they're not, they're not digging it. They're not big fans. Hmm. But Sharp is still... There's something in them that obviously wants to stop. They kind of oh. see the motorcade as like, oh. Oh, Sharp... Sharp thinks that, right, imagine this is sort of early issue stuff, and Sharp is there like, oh, my sister, the president will know where my sister is. Like, the only ah. sort of link he has, he, he has the word president and the word sister, and there's something fuzzy connected to them. He doesn't quite yeah. know what, like, the president 
is at the top. They know everything. I'll go to them and see if they know how to find my sister. Because maybe at that point, the president is pre- presenting themselves as benevolent and um, loved and Omniscient knowledgeable. Well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, Sharp gets a little bit crazy, a little bit worked up and goes after them. This mo- this dystopian motorcade. Oh, this, this motorcade is happening after then. I thought this was how they... Yeah. Oh, no, this is going to happen like... This is going to be like years after. At this point, Sharp's all bulky. They've been in this city for ages. Like, I kind of want to say... I'm not sure what their spark is for fighting crime, though. Mm. Is it because of all these people being fervently against the president? It's almost like he thinks that he's working for good hmm. as working for the president or like working well, towards him i guess the obvious thing to say is that there will be a link between sharp helping people and gaining knowledge about where his sister is maybe sharp at the start of this story isn't in the city where the president is no and it's the first lady visiting some random outback kind of town first lady visits the outback town and that's where she gets captured yes. by um, friggin' war boys or mutants or whatever the heck there is out there. And of course, Barbarian Wanderer saves her. Mm. But she's not very thankful to Sharp, but recognizes him, um, but says nothing. Uh, she doesn't no, want to say. No, I think she says one thing. She leaves behind evidence at the scene of the kidnapping to make it look like she's dead mm. so that she can go on the run. Yeah. Because rather than being upset, she sees it as an opportunity to get away. Could this then how be... That's not a sentence. <laughs> um, could this be how... Going back to a very early idea from the episode, that she's almost like captive at the start? Hmm. So yeah. Well, she's in an abusive could, relationship. Of course she's captive. Oh, no. I mean, like, with Sharp. Because if, oh. if she wants to run away, Sharp's trying to get closer towards the president. At some point, there's going to be a there's going to be a bit of like a tug of war kind of situation going. Yes, that's what I was going to bring up. Another idea, like completely different to what we're talking about. Let's just put that aside for one second. Is that it's it's no longer a dystopia. It's a utopia. <laughs> oh, carry on. It, it's a metopia. Um, <laughs> maybe the uh, sharp is trying to find his sister, which leads him towards the president unknowingly. But the first lady, she don't want that at all, and so she's trying to coax him away unknowingly like she's reading clues wrong and hiding evidence to suggest that the president is his sister there's got to be one reason that's keeping her sticking close to him though and not running off and that reason is when he lost his memory and was cast out from the president's side Mm. uh, and wakes up in an alleyway somewhere with no memory aside from that of his sister he also checks his pockets and they're just fucking full of a bluebell stash because why not send him on his way with something that would encourage him to keep losing his memory Mm. nice but he you know figures out that it's not good for him and he keeps it for some reason and then that can be like his leverage that like like over the first lady so you help me you get drugs pretty much but what is what is she helping him with finding his sister but if she forgets that's See, the thing. So he's un- like, unless it's like, is this this like a constant prize? Like, oh, take me to this bit and you'll get this bit. Or is it going to be like, hey, once I found my sister, you can have all of this and you can just no, forget I it think, all. No, I think this will play into the tense 
borrowed time, like time limit aspect of the mm. story. So it'll be added to because she'll refuse to help him without the occasional bit of bluebell hmm. but he needs her to not take enough to forget so he's only giving her just enough to keep her you know on his side could it be that in towards the end because obviously once again hate they're fighting crime of so course. blunt is seeing sharp doing good and they think yeah. that now could be the time to overthrow the sister hmm. oh so maybe instead of uh blunt trying to lead him away. Maybe she is trying to... Well, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe she wants revenge. Starts, but it starts out as, you know, like, come on, she's far past our help. There's nothing we can do. I'm hard-bitten and cynical. Yeah. But I'm still tough. Um, okay. But then Sharp does something that makes her go like, yeah, do you know what? Fuck my wife. <laughs> Man, this is... But not, actually, but not actually say fuck my wife, because otherwise that'll reveal the whole sister thing. Yeah, yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> we can do a nice summary of this quite easily. Then you take it away, Jade. All right, <laughs> so we start off in a post-apocalyptic, not quite dystopia, correct? Uh, dystopia, not quite post-apocalyptic. Okay. S- spin it, spin it, and then I think we're good. You're right, okay, flip, flip that around. Yeah. We start out in a <laughs> not quite post-apocalyptic... Post-apocalyptic dystopia. I got it on the third track. Yeah, there you go. You got it. And uh, we have um, an intact presidency with vice president and first lady. Mm-hmm. And as a unit, they're working well together. The president and first lady are very much in love. The vice president uh, is, you know, very uh, intelligent and helpful as an advisor. Yes. But war is brewing and... Lots of other issues such as, you know, damaging the planet and such are becoming more and more of a crisis. And the president is encouraging these crises rather than dealing with them, which isn't going down well with the vice president. And it's not going down well with the first lady, but she's more in denial about it at first. Mm. Okay. Not the vice president, the um, like one of his... Uh, one of her, sorry, advisors oh, okay. slash. I don't know. I'm I'm still I still quite like vice president. I mean, I I quite like vice president. I, I quite tight. like the idea of this brother and sister kind of rising through this post-apocalyptic. I know it sounds tight knit, but that adds to the kind of corrupt nature of the story. No, mm. I guess you're right. Let's tell a corrupt story. Okay, so I left it off. They mm-hmm. are in a crisis. What happens? So, the only way to solve the the crises is to Shut up the guy talking about the crisis. That's not how you fix a crisis. It's more that... Okay, go on. So they want to stay in power and with the vice president possibly being treasonous, shall we say, and um, speaking out, they silence him. They silence him by pumping him full of Bluebell, a drug that causes amnesia and uh, forgetfulness in those who take it. They give him a massive dosage to make him forget all about who he is and what he's doing, but he retains enough of a memory of the president, who is also his sister, for him to uh, keep that motivation no matter what happens. And he gets tossed out of the White House. He's given the bums rush. And what happens next, Josh? Well, during a post-apocalyptic motorcade... um, (laughs) What a phrase. The First Lady is out on this outback kind of... Uh, town where they are attacked and kidnapped by we're calling them I don't know bluebell junkies just for now 
Yeah. But like basically some sort of sect who aren't happy with how the president's doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Spurred on by a like, notion of a president, a now bulky barbarian, Sharp, appears and saves the day because now they fight crime. Because this is the they fight crime.org's prompt. It's true. Mm. And they end up meeting up together. Uh, Did you want me now... to keep going or you're out? I think I'm fumbling your way through the rest of it. No, I think I got it. I think I got it. (laughs) So, um, Sharp, the barbarian, has a massive stash of Bluebell that he uh, was given to him when he was kicked out. It's sort of, he's been holding on to it, but not using it. The first lady, though, she's been partaking ever since these crises were kicking off. She's been using it as a little bit of a crutch. She's been using it for years, and so she spots. Uh, the barbarian stash sharp is his name sharp stash but sharp he wants help he needs to find his sister he thinks the president might know where his sister is so if blunt the first lady helps him out she can have all of this and more of course she agrees she's hard bitten enough to know that she can power through this and get her drugs and so they wander from town to town saving people trying to find out information on not only where the president is, but how to get to them. And eventually it comes to a thrilling conclusion when they find out the president is the sister that the barbarian's been looking for this whole time. Dun dun dun. I feel like the final confrontation would happen when they kind of get picked up by the president, like it's a case of the villain finds them instead of they find the villain. Like, Mm. despite the fact that they've been searching for them, they don't get to choose when they meet up with her again because they end up becoming like a nuisance because they are fighting crime. And so they, you know, they're wreaking havoc to the president, not on the world. They're actually helping the world. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's how they get to the president. Maybe, maybe Blunt's like, the only way you're going to get their attention and get to him is by causing a ruckus. Maybe they cause a rebellion. Ooh. Hmm. Maybe that's the whole thing. That's the crime they're fighting. They're fighting injustice in the system itself. Maybe they end up becoming uh, figureheads. They What's the word I'm looking like for? Like revolutionaries? You... Yeah, but you know when you are you become someone important, but you don't want to be important, but you're important anyway? Reluctant heroes. Yes, they become reluctant figureheads for this revolution. And so they're just going along with it because they are laser-focused on their goals. Which is to find the sister. Yes. We cracked it. There we okay. go. Oh. Of course, you'd get some cool speech from the evil sister who's like, I thought making you forget would be enough to get rid of you. And I didn't even need to force you to forget. You did that of your own free will. I've shown you mercy once, but I am not a twice mercy giver. That's nice. First, first Great. draft. That's first Great. draft stuff. We'll, we'll work it out. Right. We'll yeah. get Season two. In. Season two. Yeah, oh, also, just a quick side note. The first lady's going to kick her bluebell addiction, right? I would hope so. Yeah, I just I just wanted to put that out there. We we haven't mentioned it at all. It just seems like she a lot of the time she's just spending. She's only really in this for the drugs. <laughs> Blame the prompt. It's all the prompt's fault. If you're yeah, on we, drugs, we stuck quite close to the prompt. Yeah, it's fine for a starting point, but I feel as though by the end she should have mm. realized she doesn't need it because she's no, okay. going to. Okay, it feels stop like it. you need a conclusion to make yourself feel better. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine with the way it's all gone. I just wanted a quick side note. I don't want to leave us uh, hanging with this still junkie. 
Okay, but we we need a scene. We need a scene oh. of her kicking the habit. Otherwise, it's kind of it's kind of sad. And it's, lit- it's, li- it's literally kicking the habit. She just kicks it. Yeah, maybe the president falls off of something really tall, and then she kicks her stash of bluebell off the side of a big tall thing. Also, for for a design note, I feel as though the bluebell. <laughs> are they going to be smoking the bluebell? Uh, it comes in glass vials that are bluebell shaped. There we go. Thank done. you. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to cut it off right here before we start <laughs> going on about another idea. Thank you so much for listening. About how our... does sidetrack? No, fit please. Into this? <laughs> I I I have to cut that off immediately because I'm like sidetrack incoming in three, two, one. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. He leads the motorcade. Not the post-apocalyptic motorcade. <laughs> so the motorcade welcome to our first two-hour episode of Bitten by <laughs> a Radioactive Podcast. The motorcade is on Travel Express. Thank you. You, 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 you may finish. so much for listening <laughs> to our story about a sword-wielding amnesiac barbarian on the search for his sister and his sidekick, a hard-bitten former junkie, a junkie former first lady, sorry, living on borrowed time. It's been a journey, that is for sure. Oh, how are we feeling about that? One out. <laughs> yeah, fucking me too. Oof. Hopefully, you guys out there aren't worn out enough to do us a few favors. I ask every week, but I have to. So, I mentioned before at the start, if you can uh, give us a nice review on iTunes, not only does that help us out, but it also gives you the chance to become a hero yourself, where we take your name and put it through the hero machine. If you don't want to do that, there's always the uh, nice little star rating. Give us a nice little star rating. I know you want to. I know you want to. You can also, of course, get in contact with us on Twitter, at BBR underscore podcast. Send us your your opinions, your uh, comic recommendations, what we missed, what we, um, what you think uh, Sharp and Blunt, the Barbarian and the First Lady are all about. Let us know. We're always open to new ideas. You're right in the canon too, of course. And lastly, word of mouth, still a good thing in the year 2017. (laughs) And I imagine it will still be a good thing in the dystopian post-apocalypse of the Barbarian and the First Lady's world. So if you know anyone into podcasts, into comics, into character creation, role-playing, send them our way. We'll we'll give them a good time. Bitten by a radioactive podcast. It's one of the good ones. Oh, man, what a ride. No, no last comments at all. No, we thought we would try not to interrupt you because you got really mad yeah. at us when we mentioned sidetrack. And, and it sounded like you were about to go back, like you just circled around, like some yeah. sort of loop on rails hey. that, that a dog might run on. Mm. Here we go. Ah, oh, sidetrack episode three. Check that out <laughs> if you want more information. So and then episode in... four, and episode five, <laughs> and episode <laughs> ten, and episode eleven, <laughs> and episode fifteen. All that's left for me to say is that you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am in Morton Dean. Yeah, I've been saving that. <laughs> Witness me, I'm Jade. I wish I knew I was going to do something Mad Max related. Uh, I'm a can of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> he's Fury Joshua. No, oh, he's, that, he's, that, that he's my mate. He's whatever the uh, cancerous lumps are called. Gary and Larry? Yep. Larry and Barry. Larry and Barry. That's the one. And he's Larry and Barry. Thank yep. you so much for listening. Episode.
episode 21 of Bitten by Radioactive Podcast has been hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and Josh Randall. Edited by both Dean and Josh. Hey, it's a broken record time. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can get in contact with us on BBR underscore podcast, Twitter, or leave us an iTunes review, and we'll use whatever name you leave as a prompt for a hero. Uh, that's all that's left to say see you next week <laughs>